think this is New Lob City? It's like, you want to go to the bar and drink with your buddies, but don't forget about your wives. Hose you off, because this is just feeling good about the Nuggets, right? Nobody can see my hands right now. I'd like to give a shout out to my daughter for her third birthday. I mean, I want to I wanna do one last. Gary Harris. I'm a dad of two kids, Rex. That's what I live in. I traffic in puns. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's episode 12. Hard Pick Mining Company. We are excited. Who's ready to go? Who's got a team that's going to make it to the Western Conference Finals? Who made a big trade? Yeah! I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. Uh, I am so excited. And I, more yes. than anything, I am so disappointed that this is an audio format, so nobody can see the glory of the Persekiti mustache and just the little hair bounce when you lean into that hyped up, hyped up, are you ready? Oh, it's just, <laughs> just gold. You, you well, can tell he blow dries that hair in the morning. It's got some, <laughs> it's got some volume. I, I do not. That was oh. 10 years ago, Seabird, and I'm past that point in time. It's just bouncy and got volume, so get over it. It's got that volume. It's just a nice conditioner. That's it's exactly that right. Eating. Well, uh, we are stoked because uh, at the trade line, we've been talking about a, a, the Nuggets making a big move uh, to preserve this MVP season from Jokic, uh, and they did it. Uh, they made a big trade for Aaron Gordon, uh, trading away Gary Harris, uh uh, pick, uh, first round pick, and what else? Was what year? What year was it? RJ Hampton and RJ Hampton. Yes, thank you. So, uh, and, and, and we, we also assets. also got Gary, Gary Clark Jr. Right? We did. No, not not the guitar player, uh, Rex. Sorry, uh, the the the, oh, the forward who oh. averages three points a game. Yeah, different, yeah. different. Not the blues guitar. Not, player. not the Just not the soulful yeah. one. Oh. No. <laughs> No, Did I don't think he's got uh, as good a hat. Yeah, well, that's also why none of you are good at the Nuggets jukebox. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Nuggets last week were uh, three and one, uh, winning against Orlando, losing to Toronto in an absolute blowout. That was kind of disgusting. Just before the the trade li- deadline on Thursday, uh, winning then against New Orleans, and then uh, our new players uh, with Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee uh, coming into town uh, against Atlanta. Uh, obviously, Hartenstein going out the door uh, for JaVale McGee. How are you guys feeling about this week? Um, it was oh. kind of an exciting, big week for the Nuggets. Uh, also winning some games, but then also making some moves. And you want to like start with the Raptors game? Or? I want to start yeah. with I want to start with a sliver of emotion and energy out of Andrew. Because if you can't get hyped up for this, then you, there's, you got not, what? Then get off what? the podcast. <laughs> then get off the Get off the pot. I'm pumped. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Are you not entertained? Is this not a perfect fit? Haven't you been just harping on, we need a wing defender. We need to be more athletic. And this is the the perfect key to what, what you've been complaining about all year. Absolutely. I was just waiting my turn as we were reviewing the games before jumping into this. But, I mean, if you want to just skip that whole first segment, we can definitely go for it. Andrew, how are you feeling about the trade? Let's just go about the two trades. Javal McGee, your boy, in town. The big trade. How you feeling? More like Sieber's boy. (laughs) I mean, he's he's definitely Sieber's boy. I mean, I think there's two parts of it, right? Like, JaVale McGee now gets to ride a scooter around 16th Street Mall, and we all got to wave to him and take photos. So, I mean, he's already increasing the culture of our community here. 
Um, and then, of course, you know, a little guy named Aaron Gordon who completely completes our team and makes everything make sense again. And it is incredibly exciting to get a power forward slasher or, you know, spot up three point shooter who plays solid defense and can actually protect the rim. And it also moves Millisap to the bench and lets him all of a sudden be <laughs> a incredible power forward coming in off the bench. So, I mean, again, it completes our team where we had so many guards, we got bigger. And um, it'll be fun to watch us play Philly coming up because Tobias Harris is a very good player as well. And I want to, like, actually see how well Aaron Gordon can shut him down. Uh, I personally was getting flashbacks of, like, that scene in The Mighty Ducks when they, like, form the Bash Brothers. And they're like, wait, are we, we like, the same person? Are we best friends of Aaron Gordon and MPJ? Just like, wait, are we, are we both, like, obscenely athletic on getting passes from Jokic and like sliding down the baseline. Like, are we best friends now? Like, <laughs> They've got so many room for, act- so much room for activities, Rex. So, so much room for activities. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Andrew, how do you feel about though? So we played Atlanta, which was the first game uh, where we had Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee. Uh, McGee did not play, I think matchup wise, but Aaron Gordon uh, played decent minutes. Uh, we ended up blowing them out by 24. Nobody really played in the fourth quarter there. Uh, but our highest scoring player uh, was Green, was Jermichael Green. Didn't he have like 14 in a row at one point? No, because he, just... he only made seven shots, but he did have 20 points. And, yeah, he hasn't been playing incredibly well. This was a perfect game for him in a blowout with no pressure, also realizing, you know, I always wonder kind of the psychology of these guys and how they would come out especially after the trade we saw with the Pelicans. I felt like Murray a little bit started off slow just because you were coming to the league. I mean, a lot of these guys are so young. They were really, really close with Gary Harris, and then he gets traded. It, it's going to, like, it's the first big trade of an actual, like, centerpiece of our team, and I think that's going to impact people differently. I think Murray's a little bit more of an emotional player, so it impacts him. Jokic is just like, he's all business. He wants the numbers and everything like that. And that even goes to Jokic's quote where he was talking about Aaron Gordon knows why he came to Denver and essentially saying, hey, he knows he's not going to score the ball or have a lot of isolation plays, but he's going to cut, he's going to play defense, and he's going to be a perfect teammate for a championship run. Two things. Um, I I think how, what we were discussing that Connolly took them aside ahead of the trade and had them check off on it to get make sure that they were bought in on it i i think is beautiful and worth diving into and two uh <laughs> green had 10 points in a row andrew you dick i <laughs> 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 was completely valid rex I mean, you point, did say 14 but <laughs> it's like it's okay, pretty amazing how you know how clearly this is Jokic's team, right? Not just from the the way he plays on the court, but now just leadership off the court. Everything is through him. He is just by far and away in my lifetime as a Nugget fan, just the clear leader of the Nuggets. Like Chauncey Billups was a little bit like this, but he was never mm-hmm. the best player either, right? Melo, I think, was be- was better than Chauncey even, you know, when they were – making their runs to the Western Conference Finals. But, um, you know, Jokic now, it's everything. It's everything runs through him. Every decision runs through him. 
and I just love the way he's leading now. And, you know, Aaron Gordon next to MPJ on the and Jokic in the front court, they're going to just be offensively unstoppable, and we'll get in that in Bush in the Woods, just the super small sample size of one 20-minute uh, string of minutes for Aaron <laughs> Gordon. But let's extrapolate that out and just uh, imagine what it will look like come playoff time. Bush, I think you said it bet in the best in the uh, text chain uh, that we have for this group. Uh, hose you off, because this is yes. just feeling off. good about the Nuggets, right? Nobody can see my hands right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, I had a point to make, and <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> sure. Midnight down in Platt Park real quick. Yeah. Well, and the most amazing part with Jokic becoming the true leader of this is that at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure we actually knew if it was going to be Jokic or Murray. I mean, I think it's easy to forget as we're like a half a season yeah. in just where the season started. And I think, you know, Murray's kind of was thrust into uh, the spotlight with having such a great playoffs, but he's still 23. Whereas Jokic, I think just always had that confidence in himself. I mean, you know, he debbed and flowed on his confidence throughout the seasons, but he kind of knew he would always get it back and had high expectations. And then he has been the most consistent player in the league, which is why he's a top MVP candidate, according to Vegas, which is all that matters. Um, And so, yeah, and so now he comes in the team. We have a big trade. We have Aaron Gordon, and Jokic takes the lead right away. And so I think that is amazing to have our best player also be our best leader and that normally doesn't go together in the nba i'm stealing this from uh the dmvr nuggets podcast but they touched on it but they didn't really dive into it but i think it's really interesting to think about how well murray seems to be accepting this role like as the number two right like Mm -hmm. Jokic is the type of leader apparently that everyone around him is happy to kind of just fall in line and like you were saying, Andrew, like in the bubble, right? It was really Murray, um, especially that first round um, that carried the Nuggets for the first time that we've seen. Obviously, Jokic did in the, in the playoffs the year before, but there were kind of questions of who's the number one, who's number two. I mean, it was mostly Jokic, but Murray, you know, what is Murray, 24 years old? He could easily be the guy on the court every night being like, I'm the, you know, the best Nugget here. I'm, I'm the guy that should get all the accolades. And he just seems so content. They have a level of just like, I don't know, just willingness to work together and play together and just be really happy in each other's success that I think is remarkable given just how young they are. Yeah, well, I mean, I think part of it, do you think it helps that Murray's also a max contract player too, where he's like, Probably. Uh, you he know, right? Like they both have been paid. Well, but like, and I'm not trying to be a jerk about that. Like really, like that stuff actually matters to some regard, right? Like the NBA is a team sport. But increasingly, it's I'm the alpha person and I want to be the one who's leading the way, right? And so mm-hmm. when you can find yourself in a comfortable situation and you're being taken care of, it just makes everything better, right? So that goes back to the comments about Connolly pulling guys aside and being a good boss and saying, hey, like we're, we all work together. We are all coworkers. It's hard to like, like remember that sometime, but like Connolly works for the same organization that Jamal does that 
Nikola Jokic does. They're like in Connolly makes tough decisions, but they all have to go the same way because their fates are all intertwined with one another. And so to be able to be in an organization where they're open with one another and they can trust one another and there's not sniping back and forth goes a long way. And it shows. I mean, I, like, I don't know how many of you watched Aaron Gordon's press conference after the game last night. But great. the dude could not wipe a grin off of his face, right? Like really? he here he's coming from an organization from Orlando where Nikola Vucevic just got traded, who was an all-star, where they have some good players, but the whole team basically gets blown up right in front of them. And he's, you know, a guy that's been in trade rumors for years and years. And look what it does for him to come to an organization where he feels stable and sees what the talent is and what it's like to be part of an organization and a team that plays for each other. He couldn't have been happier and it was one game he played 20 minutes and it was like he had just awoken to like a new basketball <laughs> reality it was pretty crazy uh to see that and he was just just smiling and smiling and smiling so i think that you know uh if we remember back to uh the malone uh uh, feedback that we got uh, about him being a good player development coach <laughs> like that shit matters it really does right like to have somebody come in who's willing to be like hey I used to be the number two dude on a team that was awful and I'm ready to be the number four guy Boy, and I'm yeah. fucking mm-hmm. happy about that 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 says a lot about an organization and the team that they've built did you see what Absolutely. he said about Denver too uh, yeah, well, it's like a surprise I, yeah. gem or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just yeah, he called it a gem right of a city. I love it. Right? And yeah. I, had a first I was like, well, he moved I mean, the, only, the, the only thing he could have said better was that it's a nugget of a city or a gold mining. Something <laughs> like the gem is just like just slightly off brand. Oh, oh wait, wait, if he's not going to throw a pun in there, then you know, get the fuck out. That's You're not welcome. <laughs> I'm a dad of two kids, Rex. That's what I live in. I traffic in puns. Uh, I am curious how much of that conversation was also like, hey, this is the move we want to make. Hey, we want to bring this guy in. But also, it means that Gary's going to be moving on. And like that the, there's very much the, the, the team and the camaraderie and the family aspect of it. And Gary it was, he was Mr. Nugget. He was the longest tenured, tenured Nugget and has been through all of it. And I don't know if you read his like farewell to the city. It was... Yeah. You know, I love everything we built. Uh, I love these boys. I love the, they came from rookie year, have no idea what's going on to the conference finals and specifically thanked uh, KSE, thanked the Cronky and the organization. And I was pretty, pretty appreciative and glowing. And I mean, ho- hopefully yeah. he, he's got it. Hopefully he, uh, he continues a, a career and makes a name for himself down there. Yeah. Like Rex, imagine like, so, you know, you met a lot of us in college, right? So like, yeah. that's like the same age that all of these guys got together. And then all of a sudden you had to leave. And it was like all of the guys that you grew up with from like the age 19 to the age 26. And like, it's who you hung out with every single day. Every like, day. Yeah. Right. Like it's not just like they played a sport together, but like you, you were with each other every single day. And so that's a big move. I mean, Will Barton, whose best friend was Gary Harris on the team was just, you know, crushed, yeah. but also like, Hey, like we're really excited and we're really going to miss you. But yeah, Gary Harris, that, you know, in the locker room, especially his presence is going to be missed, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think we all have to recognize uh, the efforts that Gary Harris had. I mean, uh, 
you go to the games, you know, when a guy has a chant that the, the fans have from Gary Harris, Harris. I, I always, that's a dumb thing, but it's uh, always kind of a yeah. big deal because he's a fan favorite. Um, it's but always he also, a fan favorite. It was, he, he didn't get to do the Gary Harris chant that often. He's not taking a ton of shots, but it was, I, I mean, I want to, I want to do one last Gary, Gary Harris. Harris. <laughs> I mean, he was a he was a very good um, player. Um, still, is a very good player. Um, he was just rattled with injuries. Um, he he played very good on defense. He was our best defender uh, this year, and uh, it's unfortunate to see what's happened in the last two years. He's uh, had minimal games that he's been able to be in um, this year alone. I think he missed twenty two, twenty three games, something like that, with injuries. Right. Um, his shot in the last two years has kind of been off. I mean. If you recall, we signed him, I think, about four years ago um, to a fairly large, you know, $20-plus million contract, expecting him um, to be one of our guys. Um, that was before MPJ or anything like that, um, be one of the top three guys that we have on the team. And uh, he's just one of those stories that continue to happen where injuries really plagued him. Um, but, you know, he was still a great player, great guy off the field. Um, he did uh, a lot of good things. Thanks for the community, uh, working with the Clayton Historic Campus and other things um, in the community. So, uh, great guy, great player. We will miss him um, dearly, but I, I think all of us are definitely excited um, for Aaron Gordon and uh, the product that's going to be on the court uh, the next couple of games. All right, I got a question for Rex here, now that we can transition from the love fest. That was really wonderful, guys. Wait, um, we're, we're going we're gonna to start opening the wounds? Do we, do we have to argue about Will? We, we do have to argue about Will. <laughs> and and here, here's my point. When you look at Gary Harris with, like, the Nuggets and the Five, what would everyone think? Everyone would think that is a really good defender, and hopefully he scores 12 points and slashes to the basket. Yep. Did you have a different interpretation of, of Gary Harris? Of, of what we wanted from Gary? What he was. No, no, no absolutely. That, okay. That's exactly what I wanted. Right, and he was, gen- like, the fifth best scorer on out of the starters Millsap right. was a little bit more you know jumpy i guess okay so now let's bring <laughs> the present five nuggets and let's look at who is the worst scorer out of the five do you, will do Barton. you think so if you, you had a gary harris mindset an improvement if, on that i think gary harris is a better defensive fit for our team yes. and i think if you look at him as our fifth worst scorer yep. then all of a sudden your mindset completely changes so that would be my argument is he's a much better three-point shooter than Gary Harris. He's a longer defender that I actually think fits with kind of how our team, because our team is so long now that you can actually just switch on those picks and it fits better than a guy I, who's shorter, who's quicker. So no, I want you to get I, on I, the Will Barton defense bandwagon. I would love to get on the Will Barton defense bandwagon. I love the length. I love the size. I wish he wasn't an idiot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Gary is a much better defender because he is a smarter defender, and he was quicker on the step. He's quicker to position. Will may be longer and more athletic, but he's a far worse defender. And yes, he's going to score more points, but he's going to do it in a way that is less beneficial to the team than what Gary could have or should have been. Gary was super frustrating the start of the season, and he's missing a bunch of corner threes. And yes, I appreciate that Will has recently improved that. But every time that Will takes a shot, that means that's a shot that is not being taken by Jokic or Jamal or MPJ. 
and those are the guys that should be scoring those buckets, not Will Barton. So there's only three people allowed to score on the Nuggets, and you also use the words could or would with Gary Harris instead of was, but I hear you. <laughs> if this if this was an option, would I have kept Gary and gotten rid of Will? Yes, in a heartbeat. But mm. I, mm. Let's, let's uh, uh, healthy. Three. Uh, um, no, as, as it is yeah i mean that's the hard part though rex right like so our, our roster construction now is is one where you know gary harris was not playing and yeah he helped us get past um utah to make it into uh the shit sorry my brain is failing me but the western conference finals was a the yeah no it wasn't the second round right yeah. But, like, we would have lost if it wasn't for him, right? Yeah, because he yep. played the Clippers in the next round. Sorry. Um, but, like, now – so Monte Morris today tweeted uh, it's it's almost time, right? So, like, he is close to coming back, right? So yep. if we think back to where the Nuggets were humming on offense, it was Jamal at the two, Monte playing point guard, right. um, Will Barton, um, MPJ, and Jokic, right? So uh, – put in Aaron Gordon at the three. And if Will Barton is your six man coming off the bench and Monte Morris is running the point with Jamal at the two, then how do you feel? Right. That, and so that, Will, Will's the scorer great. with the bench, right? And he takes all those shots. How do you feel about that? I feel what do you great think the about that. Of that happening is. Uh, I think they're, they're pretty good. You think uh, 51% or better? I think Monte is going to get a lot more minutes at the one. And I think Faku is going to get a surprising amount of minutes at the one also uh, with that same group, even. Well, regular season. Yes. He, he's not playing in the playoffs. I love Faku. <laughs> he's not getting he's not any playoff definitely minutes. Definitely playing in the playoffs. He's de- he, absolutely. Did he's you see what he did reason, to Trey Young? <laughs> he's a big reason why we can trade Gary Harris. He is actually our best quick defender. No, he, he's a, he's a great, but, but in terms of like, he's not starting. Um, and and right. if he plays anything more than five minutes, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'll I bet be like Monty Morris doesn't start, and I bet he dependent. plays more than five in the playoffs. He, he's he's like he's like Javale McGee. He, he, Bush, I think you were just about to say like he's matchup dependent. Yeah. Well, I wonder. I really wonder if if Malone is at all thinking about moving Barton to the bench. I would think he isn't. You don't think so? Because you know, no Will chance. Barton. You remember a couple of years ago, he w- he was playing point guard basically. Um, he w- and he can just bring up the ball, and you can still initiate the offense with Murray off ball, and everything rolls through Jokic, anyways. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe he'll mess around with it. But I think, I think Malone's got to be looking out out there and being like, okay, Jamal Murray's our smallest guy on the court right now, and you know, at every single position where, you know. Like Andrew was saying, pretty long, pretty tall, very athletic outside of Jokic. Um, you know, I, I think he's probably loving that lineup. So it'll be curious to see when Monte comes, Monte comes back because the bench you, the bench is solid and is really deep, but there's only so many minutes to go around. So I bet we don't see JaVale all that often. I bet. Yeah, I agree. I wonder, I, you know, what do we – you got you got Green, you got Millsap at the two – kind of the forward center spots off the bench. You got Dozier for sure. He's in there. You got Monty and Faku. You go super small. I don't know. I think it's going to be a pain point when he comes back because 
there's really only room for two point guards on this team, and we have three very solid ones. So I'll be very curious on how that rotation works. I agree, Sieber. If he does start, it probably sets us up for the best rotation, and I actually think that second unit with Barton coming off the bench would be really powerful, but I think there's no chance that happens. Um, so be curious to see how he manages all that. I mean, the good thing is, is we have a lot of options. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're talking about here is that um, each team uh, that we're going to be facing the next couple of weeks uh, are have different players. And with Aaron Gordon uh, and McGee and Faku and Dozier and Barton and, and Millsap, I mean, we haven't even really talked about him or, right. or Jamichael Green. I, I mean, we have a lot of players um, that are potentially able to play in that kind of second group. Uh, that can be great matchups uh, against team, but then can also play in, in the starters um, as well. I think what I'm most excited about with Aaron Gordon is just we finally have somebody that matches up with, you know, a LeBron-like sized player, right? Like nobody's going to stop LeBron, but LeBron, him or Kawhi, Kawhi LeBron or, or even like Siakam against, you know, when we were playing Toronto – we finally have a wing defender that matches up. We're not undersized. And even Jeremy Grant, right, he just didn't have the physical presence quite the same way um, that Gordon seems to. I think Jeremy Grant was probably, you know, a little taller, a little longer, but he got pushed around a little bit more where Gordon just seems like he's just like, you know, kind of built like a truck as well as super athletic. So I think I just – was a it was a move that – you guys know I've been wanting the Nuggets to make for years now, and I can't believe we actually finally did it. I never thought Connolly would actually have the balls to make a trade like this, but, man, he set us up yeah. so well, and, you know, the future is so bright right now. It's it's hard to even imagine that these are the Denver Nuggets we're talking about. I've never been this excited ever <laughs> for the Nuggets as Jeremy I am right Grant now. Too. Yeah, cheaper and, and it's cheaper and we have them for next year too, right? Yeah, right. thanks, Mike. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Is it's this is just not the back half of this season rental. It's we get to see next year how that four runs with MPJ's contract coming up and Aaron Gordon's contract coming up to make a really unfortunately difficult decision, but one where we're at a place where we might be in a really good spot to say, hey, we're going to go hard after both these guys to keep this together the year after if it makes sense well Will i don't know if you heard Cronkies ever pay the tax that so is I, yeah so here's the thing um i i've been kind of listening to some of the actual reporters uh in the NBA <laughs> whoa, whoa 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 <laughs> and it's interesting because uh what they're saying is that uh the Cronkies may actually be willing to pay uh the luxury tax uh because in two years they're gonna have to figure out what to do with gordon what to do with mpj at that point in time, um, and we would definitely be in the luxury tax, but just between the four players of, you know, Murray, Jokic, MPJ, and Gordon, depending on what they sign for. Uh, and they've said that the Nuggets, to be contenders, uh, Cronkies may be willing to pay the luxury tax, which is, quite frankly, shocking to me. Uh, when so you look shocking. at just the, 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 the Rams that they have, the Arsenal, I mean, some of the other just sports teams that they have um, – they haven't generally operated them in terms of like a winning franchise uh, in that sense, <laughs> other than um, uh, not willing to pay the luxury tax. I mean, it's amazing. Stan Kroenke doesn't strike me as somebody who likes to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that at, right there. Um, 
All right. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of the the week and how the Nuggets uh, played this week? Uh, you know, we didn't really talk about a lot of the games. Obviously, there was a lot of um, extracurricular uh, activities in terms of the trade deadline. Nuggets are fifth currently, game and a half back from L.A. Uh, in fourth place. L.A. is kind of in free fall right now with uh, two of their main stars out and injured. Uh, so not far behind that fourth place and even not far behind uh, two and a half games back from the Clippers. So anything you guys want to talk about this week? I hope the Lakers drop to the seven seed. It would make me so happy and not because, like, oh, man, they're not a top seed because they would have to play like play in to get into the playoffs, and that whole system is incredibly complicated and hilarious. And then they would have to play a two seed, who I would also hope would be the Clippers, and uh, it would just be a matchup made in heaven. So that's what I'm going to watch for is for them just to plummet as quickly as possible. Uh, well, when Rex is done playing the weekend's halftime show here, uh, as he just spins around uh, Florida in the moonlight, uh, Blair, Blair Witch Project. Uh, I would say the, the the one thing I that I, I yeah, the one thing I'm actually ex- interested is that uh, the McGee trade. Right, we traded two second round picks um, and Isaiah Hartenstein, but the Lakers just uh, signed Andre Drummond. Um, who got bought out by the Cavs, right? So that gives them Drummond and Davis. So from a size perspective, thinking playoffs ahead of time, right? Like having McGee, who's a better defender, better rib protector, is going to be helpful for us in those types of situations where we need to go big against a team like that. So um, to piggyback off Andrews Lakers piece, like that move, while he might not play a ton, you know, every game, like when we have to go big, it's good to have him around. Plus, yeah, it totally uh, made agree. me happy that he's back in Denver because uh, the first thing he started talking about in his interview was how he's into crypto, which I hope you all are <laughs> real excited about. He's Jafalvik, he's real big into tech and real big into crypto. And he's an investor now. Yes, I, his interviews so, are just fantastic. So, Sieber, I, I, I think it's appropriate for you to tell your uh, McGee story. Yeah, so uh, uh, I went to lunch with my mom. One day, uh, downtown Denver, 16th Street Mall, 16th Wait, what and year Wazi, is this? 2011, 2012, 2011, I think, something like that. Okay. Lucky Pie uh, was the restaurant, um, What when it was the restaurant, um, after it took over from the breakfast place that was there. I was sitting on the patio with my mom, and uh, all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see Javal McGee riding a Segway down Wazi. <laughs> And I was fortunate enough to take a photo of it. Oh, it's going up on the grams. You uh, you go ahead and check our Instagram and then oh, the, good the Twitter feed. Yeah, and and uh, it was my uh, first and only uh, user submitted photo to uh, the old Deadspin R.I.P. And they posted it as a as a real live blog post and so uh that photo was making its round on twitter after the mcgee trade back and i couldn't have felt happier as a nuggets fan yeah it, it got trended on a, a a number of uh aggregating websites uh it was, it was a pretty cool <laughs> moment actually uh to get on deadspin uh at that moment uh for a ridiculous picture of a seven foot man on a segway running down uh wazi and 16th street mall uh, my mother had no me. idea what I was doing. <laughs> she had no idea uh, I was taking a picture of him. Quick aside, as the uh, the Denver Five are making fun of me for being outside in the moonlight, is uh, I 
I'm currently in Florida. Yesterday, I was at the Palm Beach International Boat Show for no reason other than it's a ridiculous place in the world to be, and you could be Were outside. You on a boat? I, I was not on a boat. I was telling people that I was considering purchasing boats. Just <laughs> I don't know because I could, but I was wearing my <laughs> I was wearing my. Uh, my Were you wearing black sleeves? rainbow no. Jokic jersey? That's the the whole point of the story is I was wearing my Jokic jersey and three different people stopped me in Florida to say, "Hey man, nice jersey." Uh, and then one of them said, "Nice jersey. I'm from Serbia. Isn't he the coolest?" No way. And I was like, "No way." Yes, absolutely. He's the coolest, and he's going to win MVP this year. And, and then I got you know high fives from strangers. So that was the. <laughs> I felt totally validated for wearing my Jokic jersey in Florida. You're so much cooler what? in my eyes now. God, what was cool. the mask situation at a boat show? In, in Florida. Florida. In Florida. Um, it, we'll, we'll say uh, optional. Loosely optional. There were, were there some, more there were sleeves masks. than masks? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no sleeves, period. There were some masks. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, I got one quick piece of trivia before we move on. Hit it. What is uh, JaVale McGee's earnings over 13 seasons in the NBA? $56 million. <laughs> That's just a guess. $180 million? Yeah, I was going to go upwards of 100 Somewhere in between there. Zebra's close. $65 million. Really? Good for him. All from crypto. And now it's like 10x yeah, what is that it now? Of Bitcoin. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but Russell Okun, uh, just as a complete aside. Um, Who saw to... Russell Okun tweet Russell anything, Okun. Mike? Let's, yeah. Okay. So is Russell paid in crypto? Con- converted a portion of his salary last year into crypto and doubled that portion of his salary um, that was getting paid in crypto. So, anyways. All right. <laughs> All right, so with that, we... Andrew, how do I buy a house with Bitcoin? Yeah, no, that's the perfect segue of Andrew's accepting Bitcoin. accepting Bitcoin now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a, a break here uh, from our presenting sponsor, the Abrams Momentum Group. I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I love you more with every breath, Please, somebody hire me. Abrams Momentum Group, 303 AMGRE. Hit me up on Instagram. Well, that was the Abrams Momentum Group. Uh, now we're going to transition into Bush in the Woods. Oh, oh. Rex has emerged from the Everglades. <laughs> Did you is see that a, a monster? Uh, yes, I saw a monster croc. Is that what I heard? <laughs> Crocodiles don't live in the United States. It's only alligators. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a gator, and I barely made it out with my life. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, sir, I saved the cocktail, so... So we're good. Bush in the woods? Is that what I heard? 
Of course yeah. you need one out of a mason jar. Sounds accurate. I wonder what's right, going to tonight. We have a very to-the-point short bush in the woods because we only have 40 possessions of uh, awesome data to look at, but it is very exciting. <laughs> 40, 40 so, possessions. Uh, so here we go. Bush those... in the woods, one number, 44.9. That is the uh, point differential per 100 possessions for our new starting lineup of Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and, of course, the MVP, Nikola Jokic. So let's break that down. We had 40 possessions, 20 minutes of Aaron Gordon, and we had a blistering 142.5 points per 100 possessions, Um, and we held them to 97.6 points per 100 possessions on defense. So I think that just shows that we're going to win the NBA championship, clearly. And uh, no one can stop us. By 43 points. Yeah. To me, all I hear is nuggets and five. That's what that says. That's like you dial down like the CPU like aggressive like like their skill level to easy when you're playing like 2K. It's like uh, right, I want to score everything and yeah. What, and you can't. What score if at all. we play Philly and we just completely blow them out? Well, well they don't have right. a bead, so let's let, let's They've that. been winning, man. They've been but playing well. They're still. And then a we very get the Clippers. We got a good couple games here uh, coming up. Sixers Clippers. So if this uh, point differential with these five guys stays anywhere close to this number, I'm just going to be like running around my neighborhood naked or something. I don't know. I'm just going to be losing my mind. So Ooh, so that sounds like a live. That sounds like a. That sounds like a live video podcast that we're going to host uh, when that happens. <laughs> Go on by. It's we'll invite be a fun Tyler time. for that one. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Bush, I, it's Atlanta. It's limited stats, limited, you know, hey, Atlanta's possessions a good that we're team. talking about here. Yeah, they have the God. all-time greatest player, Trey Young. Fourth to <laughs> East. I believe he's Fourth in the nicknamed East. Mini Jordan or something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, I, I, I just can't believe that this is how well they played after the, you know, never. I don't think they've had any practices. They've had a couple walkthroughs. They haven't even had a full practice yet, and it was just – it just shows how easy it is to play with Jokic right now. And all you got to do is cut, set picks, do natural basketball things that these guys have been doing their entire lives on a court. Literally and, uh, don't he's do gonna too find much. Them. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like his first bucket, I don't know if you guys remember, but he basically just cut across the lane and it was like a wide open little 15-footer. Mm-hmm. And he was just reacting to this wide open space in the middle of the court and got there before his other guy and boom, there you go. And then uh, I just saw the highlight because I missed the first four minutes of the uh, third quarter and I, I didn't realize that the first play coming out of halftime was a awesome pick and roll with Jokic and Gordon yeah. that just to me seems unstoppable. What are you going to do there, right? Like he cuts to the hoop. If anybody helps, Jokic is going to find – Murray and MPJ or Barton in the corners, like, give me a break. You, you can't stop that. Um, we, you guys remember we used to see the Murray-Jokic pick and roll more, like with Murray setting the pick. Uh, I feel like we haven't seen that much, probably because it just beats up Murray, and maybe we'll see it in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. this is, gives us another option. I always thought they could do this with Millsap, and they very rarely uh, 
ever did it. But with Gordon cutting to the lane now, going to the hoop, I just feel like we're about to see so many alley oops that. Right? Do you do you uh, think this is new Lob City? Uh, <laughs> I think a, I think one Aaron man Gordon, Lob City. Aaron Gordon <laughs> is going to is going to teach MPJ how to dunk. I don't think he's ever <laughs> actually seen what the the power of the dunk can be. Uh, and Aaron Gordon is going to just put himself up on this pedestal, and MPJ is going to go, oh, I think I could do that. He's going to put on five This is a muscle. tangent, but it made me think of it. If you guys notice MPJ going to the like around the hoop, he gets pushed around a lot, mm-hmm. and he seems to have a ton of yeah. trouble finishing, and he's always kind of like narrow And holding and on like to the ball over. even. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Maybe you're right, Rex. Maybe he'll from... pick up some yeah. uh, from tips here and just – you know, go up strong and dunk it over people because uh, Aaron Gordon's highlights, man. I will be very honest. I haven't watched a lot of Orlando basketball over the last seven years, but uh, the YouTube highlights are just amazing. I mean, you, how hard you've seen that some guy of the dunk contests, right? Yeah, and I love that's oh, yeah. why he's wearing fifty. Oh, really? That's why I heard. I don't know, but he didn't. I didn't. He didn't say it, but I think that's why he's wearing it. It's got to be. Why else? No, yeah. they 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 asked him in, in the the press conference, and he said, "Oh, that. they did." So he's he's apparently got a documentary about him uh, called Fifty uh, that talks about um, him being the only player to score multiple fifty points um, in a dunk contest and never win it. And anyways, it's a thing. Right? No, he's he got robbed, but. <laughs> So, so that's well, does, uh, it, does, it, does it help that he's that's a uh, Pac-12 player too? Does that make you feel better about all? And of this we push? got Zeke, man. We're like basically University of Arizona North now. Uh, I got coworkers in Arizona that I'm trying to get them on board here with the Nuggets because you know <laughs> go Wildcats all of a sudden. Go Cats! <laughs> but how? We're the how Wildcats. Energy? Who are we gonna be? The Wildcats. Wild <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally kicked much... something. Sorry. <laughs> how much fun and how much energy did the the starters have in that game? I just felt like that entire game, uh, when those guys were out there on the floor, there was so much more movement, so much more energy, so much more excitement just in general as what's going on. And, and to your point, Bush, everybody had like open shots and they were excited and having fun. And yeah. the defense that I saw from that team was, and I know it's Atlanta, and I know they're yes they're fourth in the East, but they're still not very good. Um, the defense and the hustle and the switching that I saw mm-hmm. w- was some of the best I've seen all season. I, well, I, I what, mean, it was quite quite awesome. wasn't even just the starters, right? Like, it made our yeah. depth better because that first quarter was a grind. Like, we actually, we just stuck in it through the first quarter, and then we were able to do that for all four quarters. And so that really helped make the difference of the game is we really got outplayed that first quarter. We only ended up down four, and then we just out. You know, we scored 14 more points than them in the second quarter, eight more in the third, and at that point it was pretty much over. So, um, yeah, we just stuck with it and had more manpower than them. It is so, think it was so one of the things Perry. I do. So one of the things I do want to ask is, uh, does the Aaron Gordon trade hurt or help Jokic's MVP season? Helps. helps. 100% helps. Because it's wins. That's it's wins. That's why. So like the the knock is that the Nuggets are the fifth seed in the West, right? So Jokic is is averaging 27, 11, and almost nine, eight and a half, right? So the whole deal is he's on a fifth place team. 
And yes, like they might get ahead in games like this against Atlanta where he sits the whole fourth quarter and doesn't put up a triple-double. But the thing that is going to be big for them is if they can be a top four, top three seed. And if he's a top three seed and he has the highest TPA and he has the highest PER and he has highest everything else, right? All of those things. And they're also a top three seed. What are they going to say to him? He played every single game. He played the most minutes and he's a center. So that's why I think Aaron Gordon helps. Yeah, he his stats might not change dramatically, but if the Nuggets make it into the top half of the West, that's why it helps his MVP chances. Yeah, I think it's a top five. Uh, it's a top five problem. Of he's he's going to end up top five in scoring, top five in rebounds, top five in assists, and top five in steals. And the Nuggets have to finish in the top five for it to complete that. If the Nuggets finish in sixth, what, what was that, Mike? I, I, I think if we're anything outside of the top three, he doesn't make it. You think it's game. three? Yes. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I mean, you look at our national games, um, and a lot of people don't get to actually see the Nuggets. Uh, they're seeing some of the stats and, and some of the you know accolades that he's getting. But without actually watching him play and the beauty that is the water polo game in the NBA, <laughs> you don't really understand that until you watch it a game. Um, that overhand cradle. I don't think it'll matter on the seeding only because James Harden was kind of a drama queen at the beginning of the season, so they're not going to vote for him. Like Luka Doncic, very the matches are not good enough. And then LeBron and Embiid both got hurt and if you have that long of injuries it's hard to get voted for so i mean really his top competition are gone Giannis won it last year and he's not having the best season this year so i mean i think he just has to keep doing the same and yeah, if we're andrew, the fifth seed we're still there andrew when in your lifetime have the nuggets ever gotten love <laughs> from the national media say, like a deep say, love can love. you say that again michael i didn't i didn't catch you like what, when we were the nuggets the and we had like iverson Hamby. 2011 when we made the Western Conference Finals. Yes, that's probably the only time because we had Iverson. Uh, yep. We had uh, Mello and, and we had Chauncey. Um, and we, so we had big time players. But that was limited and quite frankly, uh, I don't actually believe we got uh, as much accolades as we should have at that point in time. And, and so what you're telling me is that uh, Jokic to Super Sports is probably going to have the most minutes of any of the MVP candidates. going to be, you know, top five to seven in any of these categories depending on what you look at top in terms of the advanced metrics that's just probably going to happen and the narrative that we're going to get out of this is still going to be him in second or third in the race to whoever Um, and so unless the nuggets are a top three team in the nba i honestly do not believe that he has a chance do do you think it matters let's say the nuggets end up in the third spot do you think it matters if it's Clippers in the number two versus Utah or, or in Phoenix? Phoenix? No. No. I think it matters if it's the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it, a, it I mean, likely won't be, but. I would still rather play the Suns than the Clippers. Oh, you're talking about playing? I thought we were talking about Yeah, I was talking about MVP, MVP chances. MVP chances oh, that, got it. Then no. <laughs> then no. I don't think you don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. Okay, we have twenty seven games left. As true Nugget two. fans, what is the optimistic? How many are we gonna win? <laughs> what? Twenty five and two. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. Andrea, we're going around the room. Yeah. I'm going to go 18-9. Oh, God. Get out of here. See so two-thirds of the game is pretty good. Yeah. No, I'll say 19-8. 20-7. All right, all right. Well, I'm I'm up there with Rex, more like, you know, 22 and five, something like that. Let's go, let's go, baby. Come on. <laughs> all right, you heard it here. The Denver Five predictions. <laughs> all right, Sieber, that's Bush in the Woods. <laughs> we now have to transition into a segment we had a couple of weeks ago, um, and it seems to be recurring in terms of the theme uh, that you want to talk about. You like what to get up it? on it. What are we doing? You like to ride it. You like We're... to make that big step up on that soapbox and talk about your Colorado Rockies. <laughs> so let us know how you feel because it's opening weekend. So I don't know if you guys uh, know your Denver history, but there used to be this gentleman uh, back in the early days of uh, Denver named Soapy Smith who would uh, try and sell you on there's a $100 bill wrapped in this bar of soap. Uh, you just got to grab the right one, right? So I'm going to. You're going to put money in and you're going to grab it out. Um, basic con man, right? There used to be a bar in Lodo called Soapy Smith's, which used to be Euclid Hall uh, or Martini Ranch. Mike, remember those days? Uh, <laughs> it's no longer a thing. And so when I look at the Rockies, I think of these, con- they're almost like con men in a way of us. They're selling us on this product that is just not going to be here it's just denver tradition right you might strike gold every now and then but most times you're not so the rockies open up thursday against the los angeles dodgers who are sporting the best roster in baseball they just signed the reigning al or the nl uh cy young winner who's gonna be their third starter He's not even their number one starter, their third starter. And we look at our roster, our best reliever, Scott Oberg, just uh, was diagnosed with this fourth round of blood clots in his arm. He may never pitch again, which is just absolutely tragic. He fought back to come back to spring training this year, and he's not going to make the roster, and he might not ever play baseball again. We've got Trevor Story, who's about to lead into a contract uh, season with no contract for next year. Uh, Lindor of the Mets just was offered a $325 million contract as a shortstop who basically is Trevor story. When you look at from a stats perspective. So that's what the Rockies are up against. They have a roster that is on the wrong side of decline. And obviously they traded away Arenado. They've got Trevor Story, who likely could command a 10-year, $325 million paycheck this offseason, which they're not going to pay. And they're going to be like, hey, you get to have 20,000 people at Coors Field on Thursday. The weather's going to be great, guys. I just, I don't, I don't see how, how anybody is excited about the Rockies' chances this year, other than I get to drink outside with people I know. That's the only reason why you would want to go to this baseball game this weekend. I, I just, I, there's, there's nothing there for me this year. There's just absolutely nothing there. And there's an, a piece in the athletic that came out. It was either earlier this, I think it was earlier this week, Nick Groke and um, 
Ken Rosenthal uh, wrote about the dysfunction in that during the pandemic last the last season, they had their stats uh, analytics department working as clubhouse managers to save money. And so their team stats guys couldn't do their jobs and scout the upcoming teams because they were doing laundry. It's like, what are they doing? No They're way. a multi. Yeah, read that at Bush. You've got an athletic subscription. Go read that article. It is something else. And like when we talk about the Nuggets and like Connolly is pulling his players aside, being like, hey, we want to make sure that you feel good about this. Now read that in contrast with the guys that are like a mile down the road and you just see the disparity between these two franchises. So anyway, Rockies selling low this year on them if they're fourth place in the west that's a win because they should be fifth place in the west Rockies if not the worst team in Smith. baseball yeah exactly. what do you think, Rex? well it's gonna be 66 um, degrees and sunny that was really good and i completely agree with every part of that but i also completely agree with if we have an opportunity to go drink beers on the party deck with the Denver Five. It's your oh, fault. Shut up and take my money. Like, yeah, no, the Rockies are a, just an atrocity of decision making uh, and just a terrible, terrible organization. And I, I'm, yes, I'm excited to see Trevor Story enjoy the first half of the season, probably. Um, and that's probably it. Uh, if, but, watch him not trade him too, and watch him yeah. get past a trade deadline and not actually get something for him. You know, right. like that's the part that's like going to be infuriating about this team. Rex is like, I'm with you. Like the experience is none other, right? Like there's nothing like Coors Field on a Friday night when that sun's setting over the mountains and it's no, like absolutely. 80 degrees and you got a beer in your hand and a hot dog, like, and Tyler's and getting mustard all over stretch. his pants. Like there's nothing better than that. You no, know, like it's a great, it's a great night at the go, ballpark. And I love baseball and I, I wish there was a triple A option in the city or in Fort Collins or something. And I, I could have another way to consume baseball because I love the experience so much. And it just makes it hurt so much more when you flip through the, the ESPN top 100 players in baseball and 14 of them are former Rockies playing for somebody else in the prime of their career. And it is just so frustrating. And, and, I, I do understand the difficulties of quote unquote small market team and not being able to compete for all of those. Uh, but the way in which they're handled so poorly is just so disgusting. It's funny when you say small market teams, cause like you look at actually like the, the cities, like from a population perspective, like Denver is like the 18th most populous city in the United States. Yep. So how many of those teams actually? How many of those cities actually have baseball teams? No, or or, or, or not within at... like similar metro areas, right? Like San Jose is a top ten city, which is right next to San Francisco, right? So like it almost doesn't count. And so it's like when we say a small market team, there's thirty baseball teams, thirty two no, baseball teams. Totally. Like and how the f how the hell are we small market? <laughs> even if you don't talk about population, because Rockies pull from five states if you just talk about uh attendance 
their their top five. They hold every attendance record in baseball. They've got more fans than anybody outside of the Dodgers and the Yankees, and there's no reason that you shouldn't be using that to bolster the roster and put a product on the field and have the best experience possible. And it is such a squandered opportunity. So I know I didn't do a, an Abrams Momentum Group commercial, but uh, real estate's a hell of a drug. Because uh, because <laughs> uh, oh the, the Square, the, yeah, the real estate's a hell of a drug, and that's what they're putting all their money into. Ugh. We'll wow. Yeah, I don't know. See was I right, Mike, on the population? I feel like you just quickly fact-checked me. How'd I do? I did. It was 19th, but that's close enough. What did I say? 18th? <laughs> what? You said 18th? Yep. Yo. That was close enough. I didn't correct you. That was close enough. <laughs> Look at that. They got the JaVal McGee 56 million in this one. Well, Siebert, um, per usual, uh, that was quite the downer of a, a Siebert soapbox. Perfect. Uh, you can email us at hardpickminingcompany.com, uh, and please console Rex and Sieber on our Nobody's happy when they're on a soapbox, Mike. Nobody's happy on a soapbox. We, they we wouldn't be on it if they were. Voice, voice memos complaining about the Rockies, and we also want your voice memos sharing Gary Harris stories. And next, next time, right. we might do a little Gary Harris corner. Get back down from that soapbox. We're moving on to next week. Nuggets are playing, as we've noted, uh, the Sixers on Tuesday, March 30th, the first game that we will see fans in this stadium, 4,000 yeah. people showing up. Mike, uh, just, just a hat tip to Mike on that one. Uh, he nominated my wife uh, as a frontline hero, and she what? is going to the game tomorrow night. What? So thank you, Mike, no for way. that. Yeah. Wow. yeah. She's also uh, – so my wife is a physical therapist in uh, nursing homes, and she's bringing a, uh, a nurse with her to the game. So uh, two healthcare workers going to the game tomorrow night. So thank nice. you, Mike. That's yep. amazing. Good, Good is, to see. Is, uh, glad is she going to do a, a halftime live voice memo for us to run on the pod? I asked her if she could do some live <laughs> reporting, and she goes, I don't know anything about what's going on with the Nuggets this year, and I'm just going with a friend. So that's <laughs> what I got. You know what? Sounds so like she's fun. in. Uh, so they play the Sixers on Tuesday. Well, then we're back at LA against the Clippers on Thursday on TNT, national television, boys. Okay. Uh, and okay. then we play Orlando on Sunday. So it should be an interesting week. Uh, two good games, one hopefully blowout. If we're even close in that Orlando game, um, that's embarrassing. Uh, but the Sixers do not have Embiid, as we were noting. Um, and LA uh, actually looks like a decent team right now. Andrew, what do you want to see this week? Nothing but wins. And Aaron going. Gordon nice. is going there we go. with what's 10 it, what's like, hardcore dunks. And one good 3 0, 10 hard dunks. That's the Andrew prediction. Yep. He's going Nuggets and the under in, in everything. Sure. <laughs> Rex, what's your prediction? What are we going to do? 3 0. 3 0. Bush. It I'm doesn't matter. The only, the only game Come that on, matters. Let's go. The only right, game that Sieber. matters this week is the Clippers game. I'm going to go uh, Bull Bull over 10 points this week total. Wow. Ooh, that Orlando game. Over, over he, 10 points this week. He had if you want a hot points, take, that's a hot take. He had eight points in five minutes last game and was a like plus zero. So he, he had a crossover get him back three. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to see uh, the what, what's going to be greater, Bull Bull points or Bull Bull points? touches 
I'm gonna go points you because broke my brain on he, that one. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as not he like, gets the ball, not like he's dribbles. not giving it up. So that's one touch. So he's right. just got to so, score <laughs> every two times. Yeah. Definitely points over passes. I will. Points uh, over I'll passes. Take that bet yeah. Points over passes. We'll all take that. Yeah. We'll all <laughs> take that. All right. I'm going three and zero this week uh, as well. It seems like the Denver Five uh, is very optimistic about the Nuggets this season. Uh, that Aaron Gordon chain, uh, trade may have changed the chat tide for us this season. We are pumped. Hey, I don't know about pumped. the rest of you guys. Hey, that warm moon uh, changing tides. Love it. Changing tides. Warm moon. Get outside. It's fun. All right. Uh, this has been fun. This has been Hard Pick Mining Company uh, with your Denver Five. See you next week. This is a uh, nice. This is a, a brief. 67 minute episode <laughs> I, knew, I knew we didn't have time for, for fun times no I mean you left for 10 minutes Rex <laughs> but wait it, till it you listen like to six it minutes. Wait, really wait till you listen to the middle of that <laughs> really? while you are God by the way Oh yeah, you can probably cut the 5 like minutes that. before the commercial and-